Camper Profiler Tones and Talks. We are in the host NAM show episode. Most of us get over uh, NAM tracks now as well. We want to talk a little bit about the state of guitar. And with us, of course, is Mr. Thomas Dill. Hi, Thomas. How are you? I'm fine. I didn't went to the NAM show, so I, <laughs> I was here in the studio. So I don't have a cold or something like that, but I've uh, worked hard <laughs> for uh, some different stuff. Okay. But I've uh, checked out all the videos and the news coming from the NAM show was very interesting. And um, very interesting for me was beside NAM, I saw a Rick rundown on Premier Guitar with um, Andrew Stockdale from Wolfmother. And I saw them here in Germany uh, twice. Mm -hmm. Always had two, three Vox amps and everything loud, burning with SG. Yeah, and he's playing, I think it was an HX Stomp. No amps anymore. So um, very much people go from amps on stage to digital devices, profiler, different stuff. And uh, I think this is more the tendency uh, where, where the live guitar is going in a professional way. So because he always uh, also said, yeah, I have to fly. And um, yeah, <laughs> pay me. <laughs> The, the three Vox AC30 to, to get from uh, Australia to the USA. Um, this is much money and to travel with this all this this complete stuff. So they are going decising. Yeah, that's definitely uh, the thing. And um, that was also the feedback uh, regarding the profiler player. And <clears throat> most interesting was uh, I talked to a lot of people also who came uh, with the question, okay, convince me to um, exchange my rig, my stage rig with uh, with a profiler or basically a digital solution. Hmm. And then these uh, conversations went, took always a very, um, an, an interesting spin because you very quickly reach the point where um uh, the how would you call it the self-awareness of the guitar players uh, uh, walks uh, takes a or um, shows that it's taking a completely different path because uh, you end up in discussions with you know guitar speaker microphone what are you hearing are you really hearing uh, um what you think you're hearing uh, the pa has something different and you want to have your cabinet on stage because of the the first rows because you want to make sure that they have uh, the same experience as you have yada 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 which is all i mean just um well if you would screw everybody in place in, including the heads and yourself as well um you would have a <laughs> definite and, and defined uh, listening situation. But that wouldn't work with uh, a lot of people because of the dispersion and stuff like this. I think we don't have to get into this, but this is still very, very, um, very common sense that um, the knowledge and the awareness about what you're actually hearing in terms of from the guitar speaker and um, or from 
a digital device that goes full range to front of house is is a completely different thing yes yes of course and um if you have uh, if you talk to tone engineers i talked to a, a tone engineer here in in a club in a, in a really good club called Saal in aschaffenburg and don't you mean sound engineers uh yeah sound engineers you so, are a tone engineer <laughs> you're creating tones <laughs> <laughs> yeah okay sound yeah. engineer uh -huh. um um and <clears throat> he also said he has really problems with those old school guys coming with full stacks or fender amps that blow everything away from the stage <laughs> so he needs to boost all the drum set everything to make it that loud in the room and it's uh, i think uh, 300 400 people can uh, mm -hmm. come in there so it's uh, it's too much sometimes and some people don't take take their uh, advice from the sound engineer um, to lower the volume from stage and they say yeah the, the the people should be here my amp my amp sound but they don't know of they don't uh, agree with that uh, that the amp sound is not really fine <laughs> and the uh, in in uh, some 10 meters away when you are in the in the beam and uh, yeah it's too much sometimes so um, I can understand people guitar players because I'm a guitar player too and I like to hear something from the amp I like mm -hmm. to act and react with the amp it's very very inspiring and um, if you stand in front of a Marshall full stack or maybe a Fender amp cranked up, um, it's different. It's a different play feel, but you need to think about the global thing. How do you sound in the band? Uh, is it too loud for the band? Some, some guitar, the, the most guitar players uh, are definitely too loud on stage and um, they disturb sometimes the band sound so uh yeah it's a discussion we maybe made uh or the or the the, the guitar players and the sound engineers and uh the the musicians made 50 years ago and it's still uh, going on these days yeah so. that's true and the thing is also um because of the dispersion of uh, the guitar cabinets uh not everywhere you're creating um a nice tone uh, yeah. in some places uh, you have too much treble and uh, in some places it's too boomy and um, especially this argument well not but you know that's maybe something we can also talk about this argument that uh, this this guy he was from france um, uh, he wanted to make sure that the first rows um, get a nice tone because uh, uh, these this is the area where not necessarily the PA is uh, doing its best job, which is true, which is absolutely true. But the the conclusion drawn from that, that uh, uh, your stuff that's coming from the stage is the solution, is just something uh, that we could uh, discuss maybe. And uh, I had once um, um, a discussion with, uh, with Ian Bond, um, 
Bond, Mr. Ian Bond, indeed. The brother of James. <laughs> the brother of James. Mr. Ian Bond is uh, the 007 um, in terms of uh, great PA sound uh, the world over. He's uh, the the mixer, uh, the, the sound engineer for Stephen Wilson and uh, people like this. And he's creating, I think, uh, some of the best live mix tones, uh, sounds um, uh, that I ever heard. And, uh, you know, Stephen Wilson is very particular about sound as well. And he usually goes to um, uh, clubs and places when he has to deal with, uh, you know, the local PAs. He puts in a CD or MP3, whatever. And then um, he's going to the stage, to the rim of the stage. And then he's walking into the into the audience. And usually um, a couple of meters away from the stage, he's then... Tip, uh, taking a strip of gaffer and he's making this, uh, this marker on the floor and then he starts to argue with uh, the people who run that place because saying look here is where the audio begins from mm. here to uh, to the stage uh, the audience will get nothing they, yes. they, they will not get any treble whatever so we either put some additional wedges uh turned around that uh, the first rows get a decent tone or you have to bend your banana you know if it's um, um, a fl uh, um, a fly system um, much more so that uh, the first rows get something to hear and that's actually the point where um, a lot of guitar players are not satisfied it's sometimes sound engineers which are not so trained with uh, the digital direct equipment um, have some problems as well because uh, the fact is that you know the first three four five rows then maybe in clubs um, uh, they suffer from um, you know not hearing proper PA you know you hear the drums from the stage the bass and the guitars like not in a quality uh, but at least something not really leveled, not really leveled. Yeah, and not really leveled and not really um, um, sounding well because you hear the uh, the the, the clunky the clunky acoustic drums and yes. uh, whatever. So and when the guitar players are playing profilers and um, uh, they are you know blowing out uh, you know three meters behind the audience that's a pity and um this is indeed something that has to be addressed but i, th I know that you are doing this for example because you have that um is it still the blue amps box you're using yes yes uh but uh, in a more quiet constellation mm -hmm. i had that really that problem it's it's about three four years ago um, when we played a project with a singer and we played some club gigs, um, everybody had in-ear. I was playing the profiler. Mm -hmm. And just for safety reasons, I had a guitar cap with me. So uh, sometimes for practice, uh, when, when we didn't like to, to play with the, the in-ear, and sometimes just in case <laughs> i'm i'm a really safety guy so uh yeah take take some something with you that that you have uh, some spare stuff and the sound engineer told me in one club hey can you turn up the amp a bit just a little bit i heard myself everything fine with the in-ear but mm -hmm. he 
told me if, and the bass player to turn up a little bit to let the first three rows get a bit of sound, a bit of yeah, a balanced sound. And he told us the guitar, uh, the, the bass player and me, how loud we should turn up the amps, and then it was fine. So uh, everybody could hear anything. So this is a problem when you when you're playing with line instruments, all line instruments, and you only have uh, vocals and drums on stage so sometimes it's it's good what we had uh i think in an with an open air they they had these small um speakers in front of the stage so that mm -hmm. the first rows could get some some uh sound from from the front of the stage so they hear a balanced sound because this is really a problem with uh some bands i have heard went to a concert and I stood beside the stage and they, they every the, the complete band played in ears. Everybody had line instruments, only the drummer and you only heard drums, mm -hmm. not even vocals. So the sound from the band came far from the back of the club and it was really bad sounding. We, we thought I was with my wife and uh, we, we stood uh, at the side of the stage and said, yeah, we have a good view to the stage. And then they started and we <laughs> totally went to the in, inside of the club because it was horror. Yeah. So, um, yeah, this is, this is the problem of, yeah, something to solve when you play in, in smaller clubs. But, um, yeah, you can solve this with you don't need a guitar cap in that just having a little bit of sound coming from the stage and also while playing from for me uh, when i have some a bit of caps or, or monitoring normal monitoring wedges um you get this um yeah physically stuff that the strings uh are vibrating when when some sound comes so so you get these sounding back and uh yeah i like that yeah and that's something um i also mentioned then uh, in these um discussions that um well if you need to be sure and you want to make sure that uh, the first rows get what you're doing uh get a wedge I mean, yep. put it like straight yep. um, if you want to and and let it point at yourself and also into the audience <clears throat> because then you have the control and also you have the control over the tone that you're actually playing because in the best case, uh, um, what's going to show up from that wedge is uh, much closer to what you are doing uh, and what you are sending to uh, the front of house as well and mm -hmm. not something random stuff that's yeah. coming from a from a from a um, uncontrolled guitar speaker yeah yeah that's really true and uh, it really requires that um you then as uh, guitar players um take this into consideration and also take the um, responsibility to, um, you know, let the staff in clubs and the people and your, uh, your band colleagues know about these things and why, 
maybe there's the demand always for um, a dedicated wedge for the guitar player if it's uh, mm. smaller clubs and stuff like that. So, um, <clears throat> or maybe the... something like a side fill. We uh, in in the earlier days we had big side fills with the drums on stage and everything. It was really fine. I love that, um, but it was very loud on stage. And uh, yeah, turn the side fills around into the uh, blending into the first rows of the the crowd. So uh, that could be something else too. So maybe you hear a little bit of these side fills and the people hear a little bit of these side fills. It depends. It's really uh, yeah, something like a problem uh, for smaller venues. Yeah, and not only for smaller venues, because, um, you know, if it's bigger venues like a thousand people or up, um, depending on how the PA is hanging, uh, that might still also be uh, the case when the first two or three rows in the middle, especially, uh, yeah. uh, don't get uh, enough from the hangs. Yeah. And uh, that also happens in bigger um, places, you know, thousand people or so, mm -hmm. when um, um, not enough is coming from the stage. Because uh, also, um, you know, seasoned sound engineers are so used to that. I realized that as well. So they have their guitar level they are usually dealing with. You know, mm -hmm. they learned that it worked over the years and, and how much they put into the PA. Mm. And they put that much into the PA. And uh, for our friends with uh, the digital equipment, with the direct equipment, um, that's usually not enough because when there's nothing coming from stage, uh, your usual level in the PA might just not be enough yes. to create uh, the required sensation for the audience uh, in terms of uh, normally, normally guitar the, the... tone. The level of of the PA is uh, just to balance out a little bit of the guitar <laughs> because yeah, yeah, yeah. it's so loud on stage. Definitely in 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 clubs. I I heard that from that sound uh, engineer from from the Colossal here. So uh, it's really weird sometimes. Yeah, and it's also really weird how many people you still meet who are not aware of these things and. Um... Sometimes also, how did I call that? No, I don't mention that. Um, uh, you're wondering, you know someone for years, for decades, and they've been at the forefront of the digital stuff and, and um, you know, doing tones and selling rigs and whatever. And sometimes they turn up, they turn up with, uh, with, uh, with a tube amp again. And start to argue about, you know, then there's the latency thing, you know. Mm, okay. Now they talk about latency. Uh, uh, they can't stand uh, the latency of the digital stuff. And now they are back with the speakers and microphones. And um, that's the thing because of latency and you have full control about what you are doing. Mm, let's talk about that. I mean, let's define full control of what you're doing because when you add this additional level of abstraction mm -hmm. because what you're doing there has nothing to do with the stuff that's coming out of the PA or um, getting into the microphones and um, it's a different situation so um, sometimes I wonder why uh, de-learning some basics um, is happening so often 
but that's a general thing in society, I'm afraid, <laughs> sometimes. It's, it's always a thing about uh, sitting in your, uh, yeah, holy castle and uh, just listening to yourself and not listening to the whole thing. And um, yeah, this is where we have uh, the, the yeah, definition of guitar players divide. So some players, uh, you hear them how they play and uh, they listen to the context and some players just listen to their se themselves. And the rest is, yeah, you, uh, okay, yep, play. <laughs> you can play, but I'm playing. <laughs> I'm, I'm playing lead all the time. So uh, this is totally different. And um, some people um, who had success while doing that in many ways, some on the local area, some uh, really big players, um, they try to go on like that because we made that 20 years long, so it should be right. And uh, but sometimes it wasn't right. It was loud, but not right and not really sounding good. It's really drastic when you go to concerts. For me, sometimes it's a horror. Um, sitting in the studio, checking out the bits and bytes of guitar tones, then going to concert hall clubs or something and listening to bands and thinking, oh, that doesn't sound good. It's too noisy. It's too... What do they do? Yes. Sometimes it's really hard because when you have these big concert halls, we have in Frankfurt, Festhalle is horror. I, uh, we played once there and we, we got there um, two days earlier just to check out the location. And I, I was there with a the guitar, had my acoustic guitar and it was echoing all the time. The, the acoustic guitar, this room is built for classical concerts. So it's uh, amplifying, it's louder, making everything louder. And it, it's totally hard to get a good sound there. So uh, yeah, it's heavy for, for these big rooms, big concert halls to get a good rock sound there. And it's good to have these line signals and not that much because we decided when we played this concert to play line level and play in ear because we don't didn't want to disturb the stage and disturb the sound because uh, it's too much. I once saw uh, what was it? It was Pink one one day. Mm -hmm. She had a really good sound. Justin Derrico, he's amazing. Yeah, she. That was really amazing. And I saw uh, years ago, Earth, Wind and Fire, and they, they play really hard music and they sounded also very, very good. So that was totally balanced out with all the events and the 16th notes flying around and Wordy White playing bass, uh, fantastic. But I've, I've, I forgot the bands that, <laughs> that I saw that had bad sounds. <laughs> Yeah, that's the thing. And uh, that's also a, um, yeah, 
I don't know. Um, because nowadays, um, as a guitar player, um, you know, is it something you should um, spend some time with um, or not? Because in the old days, you know, any musician or any person with a profession uh, and working with tools um, um, focused on just what they are doing. But uh, whenever you are interacting with the outside world, what you are supposed to do as a musician, um, I think uh, you would have to think of uh, the system you're a part of and where you are located in the system, where things are coming from and where things are going to and in which way. So um, the tr transmission quality and the process uh, should also be um, of your concern as a guitar player because you are concerned about the tone that goes into your DAW when you're recording at home and uh, so it should be also when you're playing live and uh, being honest to yourself or musicians bands should be honest to themselves and listen what's happening and listen what's uh, 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 getting to the audience because if that's not great what's getting to the audience sometimes the music can be so good uh, when uh, it's not um, when only a fracture is re reaching the audience uh, you're doing yourself not 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 any good about this and uh, another thing I realized uh, this year at NAM meeting people um, we had quite some visits from uh, guitar techs Hmm. And uh, that's a new wave of uh, guitar techs approaching us um, on behalf of the production companies who now um, put the guitar techs to the forefront uh, and giving them the responsibility to make sure that the guitarists uh, get a better tone and also get a more uh, travel-friendly tone. Yeah. which means um, uh, guitar techs who are dealing with guitarists who run two, three, four amps on stage and huge setups, whatever, uh, um, are um, came to us and saying, well, um, right now we're trying to get him, her um, off their uh, complicated uh, um, um, boxes system and uh, to to something more uh, streamlined and um, they are really uh, working hard to to get this going that's uh, what i found pretty pretty interesting so guitar players seem to not care sometimes too much um, it needs to it needs all the other people around who want to make sure this entire okay. thing then sounds great to um, push a little bit uh, the changes there. So that seems to be uh, at least in some areas of uh, the business, uh, this, the situation. You, you need to say it's uh, a different thing. That's definitely when, when you switch from uh, these guys behind me with, with a four by 12 cap and the big sound to a profiler when you have in-ear monitoring for your big stages and everything then it's quite a process that is a bit easier but when you have uh, 
the caps on stage, then you need to uh, transfer this sound with maybe caps on stage with a digital device and giving us a, a soft changeover <laughs> for, for those. Because if I know by myself, it's, uh, it's different. It's a different play feel and you need to get warm with it. So uh, take the specific profiles, check out which um, version you like to hear yourself on stage, full range cap or guitar cap. I would say if you're changing from tube amps, take a guitar cap. That's my uh, personally uh, favorized uh, sound from, for, for electric guitar all the time now. Um, I tried the full range caps and uh, really it's absolutely okay when and I uh, take the, the blue amps cap um, when I'm uh, playing acoustic guitar and electric guitar and then it's the best thing to have so uh, yeah cool but for for the fun fa uh, fact <laughs> it's it's from for me it's a guitar cap 2x12 greenback speaker and uh yeah uh, i i had that with the profiler hat with the uh, powered hat feet so that's uh, and uh, one gig last year i played with a palmer palmer class a i think it was the macht macht called mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Class A. What's sound, sounding great too with the stage, campus stage then. Um, yeah, so this is something that you uh, need to think about. So uh, maybe not to change directly from uh, Marshall half stack to in-ear monitoring with the profiler. This is a switch. This is really heavy. And uh, yeah, you need to have some something in between. To get a smart smart changeover yeah that's true and also um you know there are some idiosyncrasies with the uh, cabinet solutions for guitar players <clears throat> i realized that when um well i was playing at a theater here in hamburg and um i got uh you know this gbl wedge Mm -hmm. uh, for the electric guitar, um, and everybody else was doing it, doing acoustic stuff. And, um, when I was just playing the guitar, I really could hear the difference between when I moved around because, uh, usually you're having a two-way system, you know, a tweeter mm -hmm. and a mm -hmm. woofer. And if it's just one instrument, uh, coming over this, two-way system when you move uh you have more tweeter or you have more woofer yes. stuff like that and uh i realized okay um whenever there's a full range uh, a signal because i was playing with backing tracks when the backing tracks were on and i was playing the guitar it was all fine because the dispersion is when they are all over the place but if it's only the guitar it was a little bit um you need to get used to that the solution for that i found uh with um Co coax speakers yeah. where uh, the tweeter is in the center of uh, the woofer because then you have equal dispersion what whatever you send uh, to the system and that's also a thing where um the camper cabinet then uh, works pretty well with that yeah. uh, pure paper 
cone system with the twin cone stuff because you don't get the harsh tweeter stuff and when you move around you uh, you get the um, um, different frequency situations there and uh, yeah these are to be taken into consideration as well because where guitar fr without the second fr <laughs> um, monitor systems where who have uh, coax speakers uh, in them and then there are some who have uh, separate tweeters and that's something um, you need to watch out for and uh, check it out if it's for you because it's different <clears throat> yes and but, uh, tell, yeah yeah you can't tell this is better than the other so uh, it's definitely a personal thing what i prefer is uh, to have always a separate speaker for my guitar so this is something yeah from the old days mm -hmm. um, i place the the blue amps cap on the left beside me uh, not into the uh, crowd just from uh, stage side to my left ear and i have a monitor in front of me where i hear all the other stuff from the band and separated my guitar so uh I, I really can hear the guitar better than when it's in the monitor because sometimes you get uh, different monitors and some are good some sometimes the expensive monitors too are not really that good that they uh, can have all this uh, yeah drums bass and keyboards inside them then it's getting a little bit muddy and i don't really want to have the guitar in that muddiness i can live with muddy muddy drums or muddy keyboards but not with muddy guitar and muddy drums and keyboards so i always have this separate small cap with me and that's absolutely great then yeah cool it's not loud, it's not loud on stage yeah, yeah, and that's not not the point. Uh, it's the point that you feel good as a player and that you have your feedback and for what you're doing and also control over, yeah, what you're doing and that is reaching the audience that uh, the the quality because that's really a drag. I think pre in ears, um, uh, it was it was not a too nice situations situation for musicians on uh, especially bigger stages because mm -hmm. the bigger the stages uh, um, uh, the um, weirder all this mess from the monitors on stage was becoming and uh, well I did some jobs as a monitor sound engineer and um, if you listen to what actually the drummers are getting or uh, the singers and how it sounds on stage there's no bass and a lot of um, flat um mid uh focused stuff um that has nothing to do with uh, what's basically what basically the band sound would be um especially when you're not the you know a level touring act with a um a level uh personnel and the a level um monitor yeah. setup yeah 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 so um just listen that's just the thing we can um say to to uh to all the musicians out there generally and uh guitar players especially especially listen and uh, if possible you know your wireless most of the time 
uh, or a lot of people are wireless, get into the audience room and uh, go closer to the stage and find out uh, if the guitar is happening or when it starts to happen when you uh, go from the stage towards the, the mixing desk. And if it's happening too late, then you should do something about your your, your situation on, on stage. Mm, yes. Yeah. So, yeah. And, uh, you know, speaking of uh, guitar techs uh, and on stage, uh, this is, uh, yeah, how is it called? North America. The end of the road tour. Okay. Oh, oh. From the end of the road tour. Two picks. Right. Um. <laughs> God gave avatars to us. <laughs> yeah, yeah. God gave avatars to us, and uh, yeah. So the the gentleman who's uh, who was running the gear for the guitar players and Tommy Thayer um, was so kind. <laughs> yeah, nice souvenir. I think they have they have two hundred picks uh, for each concert, or maybe for the sound check. <laughs> yeah, and you so, know, <laughs> yeah. Um, great band, great band. Well, um, some say so. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I started playing guitar because of Ace Freely, so um, I can show you some pictures sometimes. Me, fourteen years old, with the mask. Oh, right, 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 right. Okay, okay, okay. Ah, <laughs> maybe sometimes. <laughs> this again calls for um, some kind Another of live... episode. No, this calls for a live event again. You know, we mentioned that before. Yeah. <laughs> okay, I think um, uh, we could wrap it up here. Um, only if you have some, some more questions. Um, because I think basically we got the essentials from, um, you know, what was uh, the take on NAM in terms of, you know, and that's the great thing um, uh, of NAM and, 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 and other trade shows and events. Uh, when you meet the people and have the chance to learn, you know, where the people are at and uh, what they know, what they don't know and what their um, strong beliefs are and what their wishes are. And uh, um, it's, uh, it's a different situation from here, the interwebs yeah. <laughs> sometimes, because as I said, I mean, I think there was no one at NEM who uh, is not online, but um you find a lot of people, as I said, uh, where you think uh, they've been sleeping under a stone for the last 10 years. And uh, and that's not just because of Kemper stuff uh, general, generally. But yeah, we'll see where this goes. And uh, well, Frankfurt, RIP, Music Messe is gone. Um, we will see how uh, all the other events will go. Mannheim, uh, Mannheim Guitar Summit is really, uh, is quiet, definitely quiet and great show. It's quiet, You're right. It. And it would be great to do some workshops there again, um, which uh, has to be discussed with uh, the people who are running the shows. So we'll um, address this uh, soon as well. Yeah, okay. Uh 
So this time it was, uh, let me throw an opinion at you. Or let me throw a myth at you. And um, so there was just one guy with the guitar, but we don't see it. <laughs> Not playing. Ah, there it is. And oh, speaking of Fender, um, that was also the thing, um, you know, innovations in terms of uh, guitars. That's uh, we we might uh, we might add now still, uh, okay. if you don't mind, if we get into yeah. this. So, um, and this is not a test question here. Um, do you have a wish what you would like to see in guitar concepts when you think of uh, your daily work in the studio and also your work on stage? Um, are you happy with it or do you think some things could be a little bit uh, more comfortable? Or not? It's not a test question. It's just pure pure opinion. Pure opinion is uh, so. If you would ask me what do you don't like while playing guitar, I would say tuning. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. So so for studio always tuning 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 tuning. Um, guitars uh, which are staying in tune very good, and this is one too. Uh, I really like very much. Um, another thing, no, I I've, I don't really, uh, I, I didn't think about anything. Uh, should we do something better on the guitar? Do you have something? Or well, does Fender have something? Bender is only sending uh, people every week uh, to Home Depot to buy another pot of color and make a big fuss out of this. Sorry, my um, cynicism here, because it, <laughs> except for new colors, I don't see really innovative stuff coming out of Fender. Um, yeah, but but uh, hey, the the electric guitar is. That's one thing. It's, uh, I, I won't say it's perfect, but um, if you, we had some stuff, we had the, the tuners, we had, the yeah, tuners, yeah, yeah, tronical, uh, tronical tuners, uh, yeah, so, um, I won't take them <laughs> at all, yeah, yeah, yeah I mean, a very nice innovation, but, uh, yeah. Yeah, the stuff needs to work, of course. It needs to work, of course. That's very important. Um, well, I have one thing, uh, and that was um, was quite uh, amazing. Um, there was only uh, traditional approaches. Um, one thing for me is tremolo or vibrato mm. um, and tuning, you know, yeah. Fender vibrato, Bixby, Jazzmaster version, uh, Floyd Rose. Yeah. What else is there? Carla, um, Stetz-Dingsbums, Duesenberg um, stuff. And, um, you know, these things with, uh, you know, staying in tune or like going back to tune, that would be awesome. That's still, I think, some territory which might be uh, uh, where might be some room for improvement and switching i think uh depending on what you're doing because um very often 
especially with digital equipment where the um how would you say uh the degrees of freedom are much bigger in terms of when you run the volume really low on the guitar and you get a, a, a clean tone and if you bring it up and you have a distorted tone and when you are using that, you want to switch pickup and then switch that pickup, not from only just the pickup, but switch it also to single coil and adjust the uh, the volume knob for um, the right level of, you know, distortion, edge of breakup, stuff like this. You have to do three, four things. And this usually doesn't work when you switch switch the sound uh, and then you oh now I'm here so I have no solution for this <laughs> I must yeah, admit could, could have some switching points so so you can store a setup volume tone and pickup um, but I don't really know so I'm in that case I'm the old school guy so I like to <laughs> I, I won't take a guitar with a storable pickup and volume combinations what I would uh, like to add to my wish list is uh, noise more noiseless pickups um, Mm. This is something uh, I switched with that uh, guitar to the old EMGs from the 80s um, because they are noiseless. And uh, in some cases on stage, you have one too. <laughs> oh, no. Uh, in some cases on stage, um, it's totally uh, bad to have. So you have the best old school sounding wired pickups. Um, uh, in the full moon section wired and everything but they are noisy as hell on some stages so um, mm -hmm. I prefer for that one going I went back to to the old uh, EMGs because everybody says oh no don't take EMGs but uh, it works yeah, yeah that's also um that's also a thing that's uh, that's really important. <clears throat> well, and as we are uh, in this um, wireless, yeah. Also, um, it's uh, it's more than okay, I would say. But if we're really uh, critical, especially again when you're working with the volume pot and and you're getting into a really low signal. Um, you very soon get into the um um or what you call it in the area where um you know the companders the compressors and the noise and the stuff and the digital conversion they start to kick in and fight with each other so uh you 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 use a lot compared to uh, cables when you're you know closing the guitar to just one or two uh, and if you're using a, a wireless fare, um, some are better, some are not so good, and uh, but that's still still a thing. And also, you know, the frequencies. Um, do you use wireless on stage? Uh, sometimes, but uh, I'm really not not a fan because in in those uh, projects where where I'm playing. Uh, 
acoustic stuff, I don't need wireless because we're sitting, so <laughs> I don't run mm -hmm. around. Mm -hmm. So that would be uh, too too scary then. Um, but in another situation, I used wireless, but I was not really happy. And uh, one time when uh, we played some uh, festival shows where I was using wireless years ago, uh, I had the problem that there were too much wireless and too much stages uh, near to each other. Ah. So, yeah, you had, to, I, I didn't have the, the, the guitar player from the other band in my, in my amp, but it was uh, some disturbing noise and uh, it was not really fine. And I'm also not the dancing guy and jumping around. So f normally I, I stand, I'm standing be before uh, in front of my pedal board. So I've, I really don't need uh, that wireless stuff. Mm, okay. Yeah. So, <clears throat> yeah. I tried it once and um, then during rehearsal, I stood, uh, I had this iPad on the stand. So here and uh, the, uh, some playbacks um, were coming from the iPad wirelessly. I don't know if via Wi-Fi or via Bluetooth. It doesn't matter. Um, I, but when I, one point I I came closer while we were playing uh, with the guitar, I heard what's that, and I found out then that the Bluetooth or the yeah wireless playback stuff uh, was coming through the wireless transmitter through uh, the profiler like distorted and things like that and uh, that's something you don't want to have and I realized okay how fragile this whole at least this 2.4 gigahertz um, um, digital uh, transmission system is and I thought well before I uh, realized in any club somewhere um that this uh, is an issue, I go back to cable. But and, it would be nice. I love the, the freedom that you have, even when you stand in front of your pedal board. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, uh, yeah, but sound-wise, it uh, and and for the practical stuff, it, it didn't really turn me on then. Yeah, that's right. That's the point. And there are things, um, yeah, where um, the industry is really, um, uh, we can shout out to the people out there, you know, switching wireless uh, tuning and vibrato and tuning um, are definitely some things where we'd love to see some practical workflow enhancing innovations, which keep uh, the integrity of the guitar tone, of course. Definitely. And uh, yeah, okay, new colors, nice, but hey, <laughs> go to work and show us something real, something good. Yeah, okay, um, with saying that, um, we can wrap it up, I think, for this one. And um, this was quite uh, conversational. But I think uh, in between, that's also a thing where it might trigger your opinions or your um, realization that these are valid points or not. And we would like to hear that. So let us know what you think. Uh, thank you, Thomas. Um, 
I now at least know uh, what you think um, in regarding some of the points and uh, regarding switching and tuning and wireless. And uh, we will be back and we will be continuing to throw some rigs at each other next time. Okay, thanks and bye. Bye.